once you release the stored trauma out of your body, you get out of that trauma drive. And so you'll start to just notice like, wow, I'm really tired. And now I'm going to take a nap. And now I'm going to rest. I lived in survival mode for a long time. And so it's like that for me was a really, really profound shift. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 485 with guest Liz Tenuto. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me again on the podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, We are on episode two, I believe it is, in the women's health theme. And I am excited to bring you today's guest because, again, I found her on TikTok And I just was so intrigued by what she had to say. So I'm going to introduce her in just a minute. But you know, one of my favorite sayings of all time is, if you want to change your life, you have to change your life. (laughs) I mean, it sounds really redundant, obviously, but it's true. It's it's one of my favorites because it's so simple. And I think that a lot of us, including myself, raise his hand, think about changing our life and we're like... I'm going to read this book about it. I'm going to make a list of ways to do that. I'm going to think about it endlessly. I'm going to be motivated by this. I'm going to stand in close proximity to people (laughs) who are changing their lives. And I really feel like that's part of the process. That's the warm up. You got to You got to do that. And then it comes the time when you need to take some action. And if that's you, if you're at that place where you're like, okay, I'm ready then shoot us an email. We can probably help. And by we, I mean me and one of my lead coaches. Uh, If you want to go over to andreaowen.com slash coaching to read a little bit more about what it might look like, the information's over there. And then you can fill out an application, andreaowen.com slash apply, or it's on that coaching page. Or you can send us an email if you're driving right now and you're like, I don't remember. You can shoot me a DM or best way to do it is to use the contact form on our website. Because sometimes those DMs go into like the filtered folder and then I never see them. And then I feel really bad because I finally see it and it's been like 152 weeks. And then I feel really guilty. So contact form on my website or the coaching page, check it out over there and we will help you out to make a decision. All right, before I introduce you to today's guest, which I'm super excited about, I'm gonna find like a way better way to say this in every single episode, kind of like a really fast, short disclaimer. So please bear with me as I stumble through this. So this is episode 485. I've had approximately, I would say, at least 400 guests, about 400 guests, I would say. That's a lot of guests. And I'm just now getting around to telling you (laughs) that my guests' methodologies and opinions are their own. I don't endorse them unless I specifically tell you I have, um, you know, I've gone through this person's program or they have been my coach before. I've had, I've had a few of my coaches on and I will endorse them and I wouldn't have them on the show (laughs) unless I thought they were really amazing. But I go back sometimes and look at some of my guests and I'm like, I don't know if I'm fully in line with what they talk about anymore. They may have changed the way that they do things or may have gotten in hot water. Anyway, I feel like it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. The opinions, methodologies, teachings, educations are their own and um, not mine. Okay, I'm going to move on, but I just, I was just deleting something that I said that was about lettuce because I made an error in my speech. If, if, if we could put together all of the mess ups that I have done, all of the attempted puns that ended up not working, and I'm like, never mind, I'm deleting that, just in the intros. I feel like it would be pretty funny. I, I've, Amy Smith, my best friend, her husband says, I feel like you and Andrea are the only people that think that you're funny. And I'm like, mm, I think there's like three people that listen to my podcast that think I'm funny sometimes. 
once a month or something. Anyway, all right, I'm going to tell you about our guest today. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm sober, you guys. <laughs> I love you. I love that you have just stuck with me. Okay, uh, Liz Tenuto is our guest today. And if you don't know about her, if you've never heard of her, let me tell you a little bit about her. Liz Tenuto specializes in somatic healing for women. She's helped tens of thousands of women recover from trauma and injury for the last 14 years. Liz is known as the workout witch due to her ability to get people out of body pain. She offers 30-day courses and is best known for her work with hips and trauma release. You can follow her on TikTok at the workout witch or Instagram at the workout witch underscore. So without further ado, here is Liz. Liz, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I have another I have another TikTok person on. <laughs> TikTok is wild. And um, I hope that everyone listening, if you are one of those people who are like, I'm too old to be on TikTok and it's just for dancing kids, it's like you are missing out. But also it can be a bit of a time suck. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, it is. It, it can really take over some of your free time. Definitely. Yeah. Very entertaining. It is. Um, it, that's what I say. It's wildly entertaining. It's super yeah. fun. And the algorithm's interesting because it shows you interest-based content rather than the Instagram algorithm is social-based. So it connects you to people that you already know and stuff. Whereas Instagram or um, TikTok is connecting you to people Googling. you should know. Yep. Things that you're Googling, things that you're already interested in. And so it'll just show you a bunch of stuff that you're like, wow, I've been looking into this. Okay. Before we get started, do you want to hear something funny? Speaking of their algorithm. So I, I don't think I've even told my listeners this yet. I finally am 47 and I finally missed a period. Mm. My period has been regular forever <laughs> and my cycles are fairly short. They're like 24 to 26 days. So I missed a period. And then I was like, oh my God, could I be pregnant? So my husband had a vasectomy nine years ago. So I looked that up. Like, what is the instance of failed vasectomy? Less than 1%. I'm like, okay. So it's not zero. Right. <laughs> it does yeah. happen. You like zero. Um, and then, <laughs> and then what are the, I said, what are the chances of conceiving naturally at age 47? And it was 5%. And so I was like, I could be pregnant. Like the chances are very slim, but also yeah. people get struck by lightning, you know? <laughs> so anyway, so because I was Googling that, I started to see TikToks of women in their late forties doing like their pregnancy test on TikTok and it coming back positive. Wow. I was like, Lord, help me. So I told my husband and he immediately went to Dollar General and got a pregnancy test and like put, yeah. pushes it across the counter at me. He's like, take it. <laughs> it was negative. So it's just perimenopause. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But the algorithm, right? I had never seen TikToks like that before. Yeah. The algorithm is really specific and really, really detailed where you're like, this feels, this feels spooky. Yeah. This feels weirdly specific to me. Yeah. It's very spooky. Okay. So speaking of, of weirdly specific, I loved your feed and, and all of your videos. So can we start, let's start from the very beginning. And I know this might be like a review for some people listening because I've had I've definitely had people on who talk about like somatic healing and trauma stored in the body. So in your words, can you explain how trauma can be stored in the body and its effects physiologically? How, like, how does it manifest for people? So whenever someone experiences trauma, they have a physiological reaction in their body. Um, it's a fight flight reaction. Um, generally what happens for people is that they get really, really tight in their hips, in their jaw and in their neck. And this is very normal. This mm -hmm. is not, you can't really do anything to control it. Um, and it's just, it's kind of evolutionary to try to get you out of that situation. Um, it's literally, it's literally an inherited survival response. When, most people experience trauma, they often aren't able to fully process what happened right after the event. Mm -hmm. 
because life keeps going, right? You have some traumatic event um, or you have childhood trauma and lived in, you know, a traumatic environment for a really long time and didn't have the tools or the time to fully process everything right after it happened. And when that happens, you have unprocessed emotions that get stored in your body and that creates excess stress hormones in your body. So you're running on a ton of adrenaline, a ton of cortisol. Um, It makes your psoas muscle contract, which is this huge muscle that starts under your diaphragm, wraps around your lower back and connects to your hips. Um, And so for that reason, that's why a lot of people have a ton of hip and lower back pain is because their psoas muscle has been contracted for years or for decades Mm -hmm. due to their trauma response. So the psoas muscle specifically contracts and then it stays contracted until you manually release it. So the unprocessed emotions and this like chronic muscle tension that happens as part of your survival response starts to essentially the more you experience trauma, it just starts to kind of become your new normal. And when you live with that long-term, you start to get, um, this is what the stored trauma is. And you start to get health conditions that, that arise due to this. So it could be gut issues. It could be sleep issues. It could be frequent headaches. It could be unexplained chest pains, but you get these pains that are frequent Mm -hmm. and consistent that happen. And you, a lot of people will go to the doctor and be like, what's going on? they'll give you a muscle relaxer, but they're not actually treating like the root cause of the issue because Western doctors don't talk to you about emotional health or mental health or, you know, any sort of trauma at all. So that's what's going on for a lot of people. It's actually quite common. And I'm jumping way ahead right now, but I want to ask this question because I'm just really curious. When you were talking about that, you know, that definition of trauma, you know, which I think many of us have heard before, it's just the the inability to be able to process events and circumstances that are happening in the moment. And if we break a bone, we go to the doctor and they set it in a cast and then that bone heals. And so I'm curious, like, and maybe you've never even thought about this. So sorry if I'm kind of throwing, as I I, I promised right before we started recording, like, I'm not going to ask you anything. <laughs> <laughs> lies, all lies. Like in a perfect world, like if you could kind of like wave your hypothetical magic wand and like have doctors uh, treat trauma like we would a broken bone, what would Mm -hmm. that look like? I think the first step for the medical field is really to just start integrating some questions into some questions about mental and emotional health into their um, diagnosis. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if someone comes in and they have let's say migraines, they have migraines all the time, prescribing them a painkiller and having them leave in 15 minutes is never going to heal that issue, just going to make them be able to function in society, um, which is helpful, but ultimately they're still in a ton of pain. I think if doctors started to, you know, say like, Hey, when did this, when did these migraines start coming on? Did you have any life events that happened? Oh, you lost your job or like, Oh, there was a dramatic decrease in your income and then you got headaches, like then you can start to address more of the root cause of the issue. I I genuinely believe that therapy is incredibly helpful for people with with trauma healing, but unfortunately, talk therapy doesn't do any of the the body healing. So you can do talk therapy for years. It's a great place to start. Mm -hmm. It's a great place to start, but you'll still have if you have health conditions that are trauma-based, you'll still have those health conditions. You'll still have the headaches. You'll still have the hip pain. You'll still have the migraines, um, the gut issues, the chest pains. And so that's really where somatics is starting to come in more and more and more and have a louder voice in this kind of like full healing journey for people. So in my ideal world, doctors would identify that there was something that happened that Mm -hmm. kind of caused this um, onset of, or, you know, chronic hip pain, and then refer them to a somatic specialist or, you know, to a therapist, because a lot of therapists will refer people to somatic specialists. Right. The appropriate one. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah, that would be my idea. (laughs) Okay. I I hope that that happens too. Same, same here. Okay. So 
this question is might be a little tricky, so I hope I, I ask it correctly. So are there different exercises that target different types of trauma that one might have faced that's stored in your body? Or is it, or do you teach people to more like target a certain area and see what comes up? Most people, I would say 75% of people have um, stored trauma manifested as hip pain or lower back pain. Mm-hmm. Um so that's generally the root cause of the issue is in the in the pelvis. Um, but some people have a lot more jaw pain and a lot more neck pain, about 25%. So with the courses that I teach, I split them up so that there's a, a hips course and then there's a shoulders and neck course. Um, and wherever you experience more pain is where you're storing it. In general, um, upper body tension, chronic upper body tension with the the jaw, the neck, and the shoulders tends to be more like high anxiety based. Mm-hmm. And hips, um, hips, pelvis, low back, anything like in the lower body, legs, feet included, tends to be more long-term depression or grief, mm-hmm. um, sorrow based. Okay. Yeah. Both and, you know, of those. Yeah. And most people <laughs> feel both of those. Yeah. So yeah. most people feel both. Like most folks um, that I work with have long-term anxiety and long-term depression. I had long-term anxiety and depression as well. So do you work with people who, so for example, um, actually this coming Friday, I have a consult with a, like a functional medicine doctor. And I'm, I'm glad that this person kind of looks at your entire life with things like that you're talking about. And I was diagnosed with an autoimmune um, disorder last year and the medication has been helpful for many of my symptoms. Unfortunately, <laughs> the leg pain has not gone away. And, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm stretching and I'm only like walking my dog. It's not like I'm doing, you know, Tybo or anything. Not that anybody does Tybo. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we all use like, like, What's the first like high impact thing I can think of? Okay. For those people who are too young to know what that is, it's kind of like before Shanti's insanity was a thing. We had Tybo, we had Billy Blinks. Um, and so it's, I, I think my question is, is it sometimes in conjunction with like a hormone imbalance? Because that's what I'm I'm thinking might be the case for me. Like it's a combination of hormone imbalance and continued stored trauma. Yeah, absolutely. Generally, when folks have stored trauma, they have a hormone imbalance where they're producing a ton of cortisol and a ton of adrenaline and the body's running in an imbalance. And it's much more, you know, those stress hormones are much more prevalent in their body. And that can cause a lot of pain and a lot of just muscle tension Mm -hmm. in general, just kind of tension all over your body. Really what I teach people is how to get out of pain and the the release that happens within the free your hips course is really helps balance the hormones because it releases a ton of cortisol mm-hmm. out of your out of your system. So it disrupts your body's habitual stress response, brings you back into balance, brings your nervous system back into balance as well. So you're not too activated all the yeah. time. That's interesting. Thank you for that. I'm glad to, you know, that it's, that it's probably a combination. It'll be interesting to hear what she says. I'll give you all an update, everybody listening. You have a TikTok that I I liked a lot where it was that trend that was going around, you know, like five things I would never do as a, as a XYZ. You had three things that you would never do while healing from trauma. And I wrote them down if you don't remember what you wrote, because it was like a month ago. So yeah. <laughs> do you remember what they were? I do remember. Okay. Yeah. Can you talk uh, about those three things? Yes. The first thing is yoga. Mm-hmm. The reason why I don't suggest yoga for trauma healing. So just to clarify, I'm not anti-yoga. In okay. Gym. I want, I was going to stop you because yes. I knew that you weren't. So it's just like specifically, <laughs> no. you don't recommend it specifically for trauma healing. Like don't sign healing. up at your local yoga thing. Okay. Yeah. No. And the reason is because yoga isn't designed for trauma healing. Yoga mm-hmm. is a spiritual practice that helps you deepen your connection to your body, deepen your connection to your spirituality. And oftentimes with that practice, you're pushing your body um, to go deeper, to go further, to experience more opening. And that for trauma healing just isn't always the best way to relate to your body as you're healing from trauma, because you're already 
really tight, you're already really tense and really locked up. So like stretching and pushing isn't the first thing that you want to do. Once you heal your body from trauma, once you're out of physical pain, Mm -hmm. do all the yoga. That's fine. But just it's their somatic exercises are like clinically designed for healing trauma and for releasing stored trauma out of your body. So it's the most effective route to take Mm -hmm. to get your body. So it's not tight, get you. So you're not in pain. Um, so I, a lot of yogis got really upset about that. <laughs> and I know that there's trauma-informed yoga and I know that there is gentle yoga. It's just, I still suggest somatic exercises. The cool thing about somatic exercises is we're not trying to like make people do the exercises forever. We're like, mm-hmm. yes, you'll do these and then you won't need to do them anymore. If you want to do them after, great. You'll always have that as a tool, you know, but like, but then after you get out of pain and after you release stored trauma from your body, go ski, go do yoga, Mm -hmm. like go do all the things that you, you know, love to do. It's just, if you're like, if you're really tense and you're really hurting, yoga is not the best. I also have some reservations about yoga because a lot of people have religious trauma, um, as like kind of part of their mm-hmm. trauma story. And so to do yoga, um, you know, it obviously depends on your teacher. Some teachers are much more savvy and aware than others, but to do yoga and then like randomly have a bunch of like Hindu like stuff being inserted can be really triggering for people with um, religion. So mm-hmm. that's just another thing that I'm like, okay, just be mindful that it is a spiritual religious yoga is a spiritual and religious practice. It's not like, it's not like therapeutic designed for healing. Okay. Got it. And that's including yin yoga and that's including, you know, yoga for trauma and all of that still has Hindu roots, which Mm -hmm. is great, but maybe not, maybe not for everyone, maybe not for everyone. And maybe not when you're already healing from some really intense stuff. Like we don't really need to add a random religion in. Okay. <laughs> so so yoga is the, the first one. And then what was the second one? Um, the second one is chiropractors. Mm-hmm. Um, so chiropractors are great if you want to just feel better tomorrow. They like really help just like pop you back into place. Um, so if you have like an event tomorrow and you need to feel better, you're speaking at something, you need to feel better. Great. Go to the chiropractor, but chiropractic care doesn't provide sustainable long-term results. It's, it's very short term. Um, so it just makes you in this cycle where you have to keep going back to the chiropractor over and over and over again, um, without actually experiencing any real healing. Okay. And then the last one, the last one I believe was becoming dependent on a massage therapist. Correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. So, yes. So I love massage. I am like a regular consumer of massage. I think it's very soothing and relaxing. Um, I have seen a lot of people in my 14 years of doing this become so dependent on a massage therapist to feel better. They have to go every week. And if their person goes on vacation, they're like distraught, you know, oh. And the, you know, when you get a massage, you're completely passive. Same thing with when you get, when you have a chiropractic appointment, you're totally passive. You have no clue what they're doing to you. You're just Mm -hmm. like, yes, do it. (laughs) Like (laughs) massage me, crack me. Um, And ultimately that doesn't empower you in your own healing. Like it can soothe you. It can help things, but it doesn't help you actually know the tools to feel better and to, um, get you out of pain and then also make sure that you like have tools for if it ever happens again, that you know what to do with your body. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't become dependent on someone else to, to fix you all the time. Okay. Thank you for that. That's really interesting. And just kind of the distinctions between, between those three and, and specific um, trauma therapy. Can you, is it ever called trauma physical therapy? No, because physical therapists are like technically doctors and don't work at all with mental or emotional health. You might remember me telling you either on my social media or here on the podcast 
that about a couple years ago, I started to feel really crappy and it took a whole 18 months to figure out what was wrong. And it turned out that it was my thyroid. And so if you have uh, some symptoms and you don't know where to start because it feels a little overwhelming, Everly Well is committed to listening and supporting your journey towards better health and wellness. The Everly Well Women's Health Test measures 11 biomarkers that are known to play a role in your overall health and wellness, and it checks for any abnormal levels that may be keeping you from feeling your best. Everly Well is a digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. And they have over 30 at-home lab tests. You'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers that you need, like the women's health test or the food sensitivity test, which I took. And it confirmed some suspicions that I had. It was so easy to take, and I got the results very quickly, which were also super easy to read. It's so simple. Over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well to support their health and wellness goals. And for listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash noise. That's everlywell.com slash noise for 20% off your next at-home lab test, everlywell.com slash noise. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. So when the pandemic first started, I was so stuck on doom Googling and just really, really stuck on the problem. I could not see a solution at all. I know that's a common problem with a lot of you listening. It just it feels like it's so much easier just to stay stuck on the problem than it is on the solution. And you all also know how I feel about therapists. I have therapists as guests on this podcast all the time. And a therapist can be that person that can help you see another perspective, that can help you with your mindset to be able to focus on the solution instead of just the problem. And so if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a fantastic option. They are entirely online. They're affordable, so accessible, and it's super convenient. And it's really easy to get matched with a therapist. You just fill out a brief survey, and then you can also switch therapists at any time that you want. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash kickass to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Kick ass. You know what I think about too sometimes when I'm watching, you know, your work or someone similar on social media, and, and you'll see or hear people's stories of, of how they've experienced it. And they'll be like, and then I had this breakdown and it was so amazing and I felt so much better. What is a typical experience? <laughs> because I haven't had those big breakthroughs. And then of course I'm like, am I doing it wrong? Like, yeah. is it, is it normal to just like slowly over time start to feel better? Like what's typical? What? So the course that I teach the free your hips course is a course that there's a very specific sequence of hip opening exercises that guarantees the stored trauma release. Mm-hmm. Um, the course is a 30 day course and most people get to the release by week three. And then it's 30 days in case you need a little extra time. So the course kind of prepares you step-by-step to get your body more relaxed before you have the release. So it's not too intense. It's not too jarring. It's Mm -hmm. not painful at all. Um, The release itself, it feels like this big. So you'll feel like this big, huge unlocking in your pelvis and Mm -hmm. throughout your whole body. Like you'll go from feeling really tight to just really open, like a huge opening across your whole body. You're, you'll get like warm and tingly inside. It feels really good, really, really nourishing. And then you also have generally a huge, huge cry that feels like a very cleansing cry, much bigger than a regular cry. And it feels like you don't quite know exactly why you're crying. Um, it just, it just the happens. physical release, once you open up like that physically, just a bunch of unprocessed emotions come out and um, a bunch of uh, cortisol comes out of your body. And so some people laugh, some people cry, some people laugh and cry. Mm-hmm. That emotional release lasts for like 30 seconds, generally, some people for a minute or so. Um, and then once you stand up from that, big release, you feel like so much lighter afterwards, both physically and emotionally. It's a very like distinctive moment that you 
that you feel. If you've done hip opening exercises in the past, you may have experienced that before. The But the course that I teach does like guarantee that and guides you through the step-by-step and how to get there within the 30 days. And it's like 10 minutes per day of, okay. of exercises. I'm going to do this one. It's on your site. I'll put the link in the show notes, everybody. And it's like, a, it's a self-study type of thing, right? Self-study type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Which I prefer that anyway. Yeah. I want to be spreading my legs on camera. No. (laughs) (laughs) All the videos are going to be recorded. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's private. It's good to have it as a private experience too, because it's quite emotional um, when you have that relief. So if you're by yourself, it just happens much faster and much easier rather than being in like a class or a workshop type format. Okay. The reason some of it caught my eye and some of your work caught my eye is because you talk about SI joint dysfunction um, mm. and it's sacroiliac. Is that yep. sacroiliac joint? And uh, that I had that after I had my daughter mm-hmm. and um, I know people can get it however, or with difficult childbirth. Um, I had a really easy birth with her. She mm-hmm. came very, very fast, which my, um, my doula at the time said that can happen, you know, when, when Mm -hmm. you dilate so quickly, it's just a lot of trauma really like uh, on your body. And I, first of all, I didn't know what it was. I told my doctor and I said, I don't know how to explain it, but I feel like my insides are going to fall out of my vagina. Like that's, I don't know how else to explain it. And so turns out it was that, um, I was also running still, which I probably shouldn't have been doing. And he recommended that I stop doing that, especially on the concrete. So I wonder now, so I do think it was probably a combination of unhealed trauma that I'd had from a previous abusive relationship that I was still hadn't even grieved over and then had two babies fairly quickly and a very, you know, a a physiological trauma to my body from being pregnant. And and she was also a really low baby. Like she used to, you know what it feels like when you get a pap smear Yeah. towards the very end, every day I was having that feeling. I felt like she was, Mm. I would joke with my doula and I'm like, I feel like she's doing the head spin on my cervix. And they were like, she kind of is. And that it'll take your breath away. Yeah, I don't ever want to deal with that again. So I don't know all of that to say, you know, and that was 13 years ago. She just turned 13. And like, mm-hmm. I still am like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lasting mark is what I'm trying to say for anybody out there. Even if for those of you listening who um, have not birthed a child, like I think there's still things that can happen, you know, from our sexual past and um, just so many things that can, can mm-hmm. um, both physical and like, you know, mental stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, SI pain and sciatica are both quite common for postnatal women. I think it's largely just due to the amount of pressure that's on your body, both while you're carrying and during birth, Mm -hmm. during the labor Mm -hmm. process. Yeah, it's a lot. So this sort of dovetails from the the question that I that I just asked about. You know, what happens you know during the process of doing these in that case, the hip opening exercises, but what are the physical signs that someone is actually healing from their trauma? Like beyond just the moment that you're, you're doing the exercises. Yeah. Um, one sign is that you'll feel like emotionally a lot more stable. You'll Mm -hmm. feel like you have like more space in between input and output to kind of process and feel your body. You'll feel a lot more connected to your body and a lot more grounded and a lot more aware of what you're feeling um, inside. Another um, indicator is that you start to sleep well and you start to, so you start to sleep when you're tired and eat when you're hungry, which sounds so basic. Oh, I get it. (laughs) (laughs) The culture where we've been basically like taught not to trust our instincts. Yes. That's a big one. Yeah. Like you'll be able to recognize like, oh, I'm hungry. And then you'll actually eat. Or, oh, I'm full. I should, maybe I could stop eating. Exactly. Or like, I'm tired. I'm going to go to sleep now or I'm going to take a nap or rest. Um, And so having those, you know, feelings and then being able to respond like that is a really key indicator that you're healing from trauma. There's a um, thing called trauma drive 
which is where your body is just, you're running on stress hormones. And mm-hmm. a lot of people who have trauma drive can still be very successful professionally. Mm-hmm. still like run a very successful household, you know, and have successful relationships, but they're just going so hard and they are running on stress hormones and ultimately probably feel really tired and fatigued all the time. Yeah. Um, but once you release the stored trauma out of your body, you get out of that trauma drive. And so you'll start to just notice like, wow, I'm really tired. And now I'm going to take a nap and now mm-hmm. I'm going to rest, which as some, I lived in survival mode for a long time. And so it's like, that for me was a really, really profound shift to be like, ah, this is what it's like. Hungry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you'll also start to sleep better. You'll have less stomach aches, less headaches, less chest pains, less overall physical pain, just much more ease with your movement, um, much more just like general connection and awareness to yourself, mm-hmm. um, to how you're feeling. The ability to cry is also a key indicator that you're healing from trauma. A lot of people, when they've gone through a lot of trauma, just get to a point where they can't cry anymore or they've been uh, at the brink of crying, but they're in like a social context all the time. And so they just learn how to kind of shove it down. Right. And so the ability to cry again, um, is a huge indicator that, that you're healing from trauma. And I'm a, I'm like really pro crying in public. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Hobbies include Crying in public. <laughs> crying in public. I am like, I would love to be the poster child for crying on public. Please. On your resume. Um, <laughs> because, yeah. I lived and worked in, in Manhattan for a while and it was really helpful for me because it's so intense there mm-hmm. and people just cry in public there all the time and no one even bats an eyelash at them. No one is trying to help you. No one is going to like say anything if you're like on the ground crying and you look injured, people will help you. But like, if you're just on the subway and you're crying in your chair by yourself and you're just crying, no one's going to bother you. No one's going to talk to you. And that for me at first, when I moved there, cause I'm Californian at mm-hmm. first, when I, moved there, I was like, this is really sad. But then I found it to be incredibly liberating because I was no longer holding my emotions in anymore. I was just for fear that people would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For fear that it would be like socially uncomfortable for people. Like, yeah. you know, so I would just like cry on the subway because I had a rough day or someone yelled at me or, you know, like it was snowing up to my knees and I was stressed out and I would just cry. And then I'd be like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. It's hard Funny. to human. That's interesting. Part of my trauma is around crying. And Mm -hmm. so, which I think is, can be fairly common for, you know, especially people my age, Gen Xers raised by um, generations before us that were, that were very, that had some opinions about expressing emotions. I'll just say that. (laughs) Like, how can I say this nicely? Yes. (laughs) We don't do that. Right. That's really interesting. I'm I when my dad died in 2016, my stepmom made a comment about how she's like, you're handling everything. She made a comment and she wasn't being malicious with it. And it was, it was kind of a compliment of and and she was surprised at how well I was holding up. And I was, I was, I was over-functioning is what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think like, wow, I have mastered this. Like I have mastered just completely shoving it down. And at that point I'd been sober for five years, you know, I was in the middle of writing my second book. And it's interesting what coping skills trauma can create for us that in some ways can be helpful. Yes. And I always say, I take a lot away from um, the rooms of 12-step programs. And one of them is it works until it doesn't. The other thing I was thinking when you were talking was I have come to believe, because for a long time I was like, there's going to be that one modality that's going to fix me. And mm-hmm. now I realize, oh, okay, it's a lot of different modalities or maybe several different modalities that are going to layer on top of each other to carry me home, basically, yep. a home being healing. I don't know when that's going to be. Probably not this year, unfortunately. But um, I say that because I've done several different things that have been helpful. One of the things I've noticed, and I was so excited when it happened, mm. is my husband, we had a disagreement, and as couples do, and he was angry with me 
I probably deserved it too. And I wasn't, I didn't immediately go into like fight or flight panic Mm. because previously I would immediately go into that thought spiral of like, this is it. He's leaving. He's leaving Mm -hmm. me. We're going to have to split everything and just going into all the minutia and also the heartbreak of him leaving. Cause that's what I'm used to. Yeah. And for the first time I was like, oh, he's mad. We'll be fine. Amazing. That like the the floor cracked open when I realized what had just happened. Yeah. That's Oh my God. I'm not triggered. Yeah. And like, you're not catastrophizing. Not catastrophizing. And that's another huge sign of, of healing from trauma. Mm -hmm. And I can't say like, that was, that was an ideal. Like it's happened again. And I was like a little bit like, "Eh," it kind of probably depends on my cycle. It depends on a lot of different factors, but that was probably my biggest victory. Mm, Congrats. Thank you. I still have a lot, a long ways to go as probably we all do. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely a journey. And like you're saying, there are these different modalities that work for a specific time frame to heal a specific thing. And then yeah. you want to move on to the next once that stops working, move on. The the thing that I see so much is that people are like, I've been going to the chiropractor for three years and it's not helping. And I'm like, why are you then still try going something to- else? Yeah. Are you still going to the chiropractor then, you know? Yeah. Like don't do what's not working. Well, how do this might be a super vague and kind of broad question and we've kind of covered a little a little bit already but I'm wording it differently. So how do somatics help when healing from trauma? Somatics really really help people who are in physical pain or who have health conditions. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of health conditions even autoimmune disorders are linked back to trauma. Um so there's a study that came out recently by Harvard Medical School that essentially is talks about how the key indicators of whether or not you have stored trauma in your body and then what happens if those go untreated. So um, essentially the key indicators are like what we've talked about earlier, frequent migraines, frequent headaches. That means more than three times per week, long-term anxiety, long-term depression, long-term is longer than three months, Um, chronic muscle tension. So you feel really tight, really clenched, Mm -hmm. braced down in your body pretty regularly, Um, long-term hip, back, or neck pain longer than three months, sleep issues, gut issues, chest pains, ringing in your ears, tinnitus, vertigo, panic attacks. All of these things are signs that you have, they're warning signs that you have trauma in your body. If those go untreated, they, it gets, it gets worse. It gets into autoimmune. It mm-hmm. gets into, um, strokes. It can get into heart attacks and it can just, your body is a sun, your nervous system is overloaded and it's just going to start to shut down more and more and more. Um, if it goes untreated. And so where somatics comes in is when you have these early warning signs of, um, you know, headaches, like just being in pain all the time. If you can catch it then and release stored trauma from your body, all that stuff can go away and it can um, essentially eliminate more serious health conditions that you um, might get, you know, mm-hmm. from from living in this like really activated, um, overwhelmed nervous system state. And then the other option is you're like me and my listeners, you're in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, and it stores up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Mm-hmm. It really does. And I think the challenging thing for so many people is that like we don't really know about this as an option. Like, you know, that was my experience was I was in chronic pain in my 20s and I was like I'm way too young to be mm-hmm. feeling like this and I was doing therapy, I was meditating, I was doing yoga, I was doing like every chiropractic care, four different physical therapists, doctors, naturopaths. Oh academic- wow. You were in it to win it, even that young. Everything. Uh-huh. I was reading the books. I was like, what is going on? And it wasn't until I did somatics that I, within four lessons, I felt significantly better in terms of physical pain. I had sleep issues and gut issues at the time too. And then I also, my mental health got a lot better within four lessons. I had chronic anxiety before starting. Um, and then within four lessons, I felt significantly less anxious. And I was like, what is this somatics? And the only reason why I tried it was because nothing else worked. Mm -hmm. So so I was like, I'll give this random thing a shot. So I was pretty young. I had an academic background in psychology and that's how I 
knew about it. Um, it wasn't recommended to me. It was all from my own research that I found it and then um, met this woman, Augusta Moore, who essentially helped me heal personally. And then I started studying it and getting a lot of certifications. And she mentored me in teaching for my first six years in terms of how to how to help people get out of pain um, when you're working with them one-on-one. And she passed away in 2019. Mm. That was a big reason why I got on TikTok was to, I had a lot of grief after she passed away. And so I was like, let me share, you know, the work that we started together. And I wasn't, I got on TikTok because I was anonymous on TikTok because I didn't know anyone. Yeah. You're an early adopter, especially like as someone over then 14. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. I was an early adopter and um, the response on TikTok has been like overwhelming and wonderful. And I didn't realize how many people needed this work. So that's been this beautiful surprise, but, but yeah, my lineage is like with me the, the entire, the entire way and having experienced it as well is really what inspires me to share it so much. Mm -hmm. That's I love your story. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I I originally got interested in in just how trauma is stored in the body and it wasn't my own. I got curious because of my dad. My dad was um my dad got sober when I was 18, so he was in his 50s, I feel like, early 50s maybe. Um yeah, mid 50s and then stayed sober, but also had a really hard time truly healing in talk therapy and, you know, from 12 step programs, they were very helpful in keeping him sober, but anyone in recovery will tell you there's a big difference between staying sober and actually being in recovery. Um, And it was the recovery part that he struggled with. And he had chronic depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. to the point where he had to be hospitalized a couple of times and then had a quadruple bypass when he was 58. The thing that was interesting was that my dad was the most active person that I knew. He was so active. And yes, he smoked in the 80s like most dads did, but he quit. He drank a, a lot of beer, but quit that too. And it's like, you would think that because of how active he was and how in shape that he was, that he wouldn't see those kinds of problems. He had a lot of childhood trauma. He was born in 1936 and very, very strict Catholic upbringing, lots of religious trauma um, and other traumas that I think he didn't even scratch the surface with. And so I kept thinking to myself, there is something there. Like it's more than just maybe his genetics with, you know, coronary artery disease. Um, sure, that probably played a part played a part, but it just it just got me so curious about it. And just from like a like a gut instinct, I'm like, I know that his the sadness and grief and fear that he carried around mm-hmm. affected his physical health. I know mm-hmm. it did. Yeah, and it was heartbreaking to watch that as his daughter, who yeah. you know, I didn't have the tools to help him. Like I didn't even have the makes me emotional even thinking about it. Like I didn't even have the capacity to hold space for him. You know, it's mm-hmm. hard when it's your dad. So that got me very interested in in the work, which then of course brought me to my own stuff, which it mm-hmm. often does. Right. 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 <laughs> Can't run away from it. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll catch up. It's been also, I'm also very fascinated with my listeners are are always hearing me talk about the differences in the generations. And I think that now I have so much compassion for the silent generation, which was my dad and, and baby boomers and and even Gen X, which I'm a part of, you know, we didn't have the language that, mm-hmm. you know, my kids do now. Right. And I think that generally speaking, I think that Gen Xers were kind of the first generation to go to therapy, even though it was taboo, it was made fun of, um, it was, you know, spoken about in in whispers, but I think we were like in so much pain and we were like, I I can't keep doing this. And now we are the parents of millennials and Gen Z and we're like, go to therapy, like (laughs) go to an appointment. It's not yeah. taboo anymore. Please don't right. don't have it be taboo anymore. Anyway, that's yeah. kind of the long and short of how I got here to be so interested in the topic. The generations were all just getting, like you're saying, more language, more understanding. And then culturally, we're becoming a lot more aware of how our emotions do affect our physical health. Um, whereas we didn't used to even discuss it. Like. Mm-mm. Mental health used to be taboo. I would say even like pre-COVID, it was a lot more taboo than mm-hmm. it is now. Um, and, you know, doctors just treat your physical body and they're just like, here, 
have this pill and yeah. it'll, you know, it'll fix, it'll take, it's a painkiller. It'll mm-hmm. block or it'll block the anxiety, um, beta blocker or whatever. So I think, you know, we're really starting to culturally become a lot more aware of like, oh, everything is connected. And if I heal emotionally, it's going to heal. It could heal my physical body in a way that might help me gain more years on my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with that so much. I love this conversation. Thank you so much. And I love the work that you do. Is there anything that you want to circle back to that we talked about, or even that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure that you say before we say goodbye? Oh yeah. I just want to say um, with massage that I think massage is really helpful for trauma healing overall for people Mm -hmm. because it introduces like safe touch bodies. Mm -hmm. And I think that's for a lot of people, really, really important, but just don't become dependent on someone else to, yeah. to fix you. You're like, yeah. I don't hate massage. <laughs> don't at me. I massage. <laughs> don't at me. That was just for my massage therapist. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, and where do you want people to go to learn more about you? We'll have links to the show notes and I'll, I'll make sure and put that specific link to your head op- hip opener course. I think it's only like $37. So it's super affordable. And do you want them to go to your website or to TikTok or both? Yeah. If you're interested in the courses, those are available on my website, theworkoutwitch.com. Um, there's even a quiz over there where you can input where you feel pain, any health conditions that you have and what your main goals are so that you can get a customized recommendation for what course is best for you. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah the trauma release course is the free your hips course. That's the one that releases stored trauma. Um And um, if you're just interested in like learning more or trying some of the exercises, check out my TikTok at The Workout Witch. And then I'm on Instagram as well at The Workout Witch with a little underscore at that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There's lots of different um, exercises that you do there. So people can check it out before they want to make the plunge. And thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And it's been fun getting to know you. You're welcome. And everyone, thank you for your time for listening. I'm so grateful that you choose to spend your time over here with us today. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes. AndreaOwen.com slash free. And you just sign up you get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So andreaowen.com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed.